All right, welcome back for another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And I'm excited to have Tamina Watson here um, with me. Tamina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tatiana. I'm so grateful. Awesome. It's so awesome to, to have you here. I've read um, your bio and I really like uh, um, what I've read about you. So why don't you please share with us like what your entrepreneurial journey was like, where it started, how it started and kind of where you are today. Sure. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about the entrepreneurial journey. I'm an immigration lawyer. I'm an immigrant who moved from the United Kingdom. Uh, my parents were immigrants to the United Kingdom. So they were from Bangladesh and they moved to the UK. And I was born and raised there for a little bit of my life. I lived in Bangladesh, but then came back. I became a lawyer in the UK and then I moved to the United States once I got married to my dream husband. <laughs> but once I moved here, life really um, took a different turn because I just wanted to practice law. That's all I cared about in my life. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a lawyer. I had That was my single dream. But moving countries, that dream had to shift a little. How do I continue to practice law? I've just studied all my life. So it took a long time to figure out how to become a lawyer, and I did. And so now I am licensed to practice in the states of New York and Washington State. Um, but interestingly enough, I was living in Washington State while I took the New York bar exams. So I was limited in the areas of law I could practice. And long story short, I became an immigration lawyer because it sort of fell on my lap. And I went into it kicking and screaming, thinking, <laughs> oh, I don't really want to do it, but I don't have a choice. But then once I started it, I thought, oh, I was meant to do this all my life. And the universe kept throwing it at me. And so once I started um, immigration lawyers practicing with somebody else, from that person, I learned how to not be a lawyer. Uh, everything that a lawyer should not do, this person was doing. And But I had a, a start in the immigration world. When I realized I needed to do something else, I wasn't sure what to do. Do I go to another law firm? Do I practice with other people? I just honestly wasn't sure. But my husband is an incredible human being and so supportive. He said to me, why don't you just try this on your own? You've got nothing to lose. You don't have to put food on the table. Just go and try it. And once I started my law firm, I have not looked back. So that was January 1st, 2009. And so here I am, I have a new law firm, but at law school, they don't teach you about business. And maybe you know this, Tatiana, I mean, from your clients. We just wanna be a lawyer. We just want to practice law. But practicing something means there has to be some way to pay the rent for the office at a minimum. There's uh, so much overhead that you don't really know about when you are getting into a business. So when I started my law firm, I started with one paralegal who used to be at my previous one where I had a partnership and I started with her part time. And I thought to myself, hmm, I don't have to necessarily think about my payroll quite yet for myself. Let me just keep paying her. And what I realized is when I am back, going to back up for just a second, when I started practicing with my previous ex-partner, ex one of the deals was you eat what you kill. That's a term that's used quite frequently in business and you probably talk about it with your clients. 
And I took that to heart. I thought to myself, how can I go and tell people that I can serve them? I started to write in newspapers, which I didn't really know about at the time. I it sort of fell on my lap a different story. But I really looked at myself and I thought, what is unique about me that will connect to those who need my help? And so I uh, was living in Seattle, the South Asian community where I, you know, I speak different languages. I thought to myself, that's my asset. So I started to advertise there. And I didn't know until I started my own law firm that a lot of cases were coming in my name, but they weren't necessarily coming to me. So once I started my law firm and I had this one part-time paralegal, I quickly realized that I need more help from her. But she was working with my ex-partner and she couldn't give me more time. So I hired a second paralegal. And every time I took one extra step and one extra step, that entrepreneur's fear and anxiety of taking the next step just crippled me, you know, at every time. Like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Can I take on this extra expense? How do I, how do I make up for it? And so it's very interesting to look back 16 years later, how I have built this um, law firm that has a national presence. We are one of the leading law firms for helping tech startups. And one of the things that I impart to my clients is that that journey that I took of starting something new, not necessarily knowing where I'm going and feeling my way and being creative at every step, that is what connects me to my clients because a lot of them are starting their own companies while also dealing with immigration issues. Starting a company in the United States is not easy, but also tackling the immigration part of it all simultaneously while growing the business is an additional challenge. Sometimes the people that I work with are so smart. You know, I, I see your book, Dream Bold, Start Smart. Every single one of my clients are like that. They dream bold, they start smart. But immigration becomes something that um, causes anxiety, causes obstacles, and they need help in a way that they can understand and for somebody to take the, the burden off their shoulders. Tell me what documents, I will get it to you. Tell me where to sign, I will sign it. And so that is how the business has grown. One of the things that I will say is entrepreneurship is about creativity. And lawyers, at least most lawyers, maybe it's changed a little bit now, but 10 years ago, you're sort of in, on this path. You go from A to B to C and you're you know, being creative maybe with the cases, but when you are your own law firm, your own business, your own entrepreneur, where you have to get the next case uh, to sustain the overhead at a very minimum, you've got to think outside the box. But one of the things that really spoke to me and I realized and I was sort of, my eyes were open, is that to serve every human being, you need laws and policies that enable that service. And immigration laws in this country are broken. They were set in the 1950s and 60s. The last set of laws came in 1990. And we are in 2022. The world has changed so many times over that the law does not reflect what the current modern entrepreneurship looks like. 
And so in 2009, when I started my firm, and you might remember this, Tatiana, there was a recession. Yeah. And during that time, a lot of big companies were um, laying people off. And if you are an immigrant on a work visa, you are immediately illegal. And so a lot of people at that time said to me, well, I just wanted my own, want my own business. I want my own startup. And that started me in this journey of policy. How can I change the law to make it better for the people who want to make their lives better? They want to make America better. They want to create jobs. So all of that led to writing a book in 2015 called The Startup Visa, which also led to eventually really diving deep during the previous administration uh, in protecting the rule of law, protecting human rights. And that led to my second book called Legal Heroes that came out in 2020. And just in 2021, I released the second edition of my book called The Startup Visa. But all of this, as you might know, is part of the entrepreneurial journey because you don't know where this road is going to lead. You actually just follow where your instinct takes you so that you can be a better service provider and follow the path that you're meant to take. I love it. Uh, thanks so much for sharing that. I mean, as an immigrant myself, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never been on a work visa, but I have a number of friends and acquaintances who have been, and uh, some have been on the extraordinary ability, you know, old visa and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's definitely a journey, um, and it's very it takes very a very long time, um, often to to get to get anything any sort of status, and then you during that time you feel like you're um, an imposter in a way. Um, so definitely um, definitely can relate to that, <laughs> and it's such a such an interesting story. What's interesting also you'll find um, that I actually. My dream has been, was since I was 14 to be a lawyer as well. I kind of uh, shifted off of that path uh, somewhere in the US where I was doing my accounting, getting my accounting degree, but um, I fell in love with small business and num numbers and taxes and things like that. So, but I can relate um, to this passion um, of law. Um, um, for law, I guess, is the right, is the right, is the right uh, word. And so I thank you so much for sharing such a great, such a great journey. And, you know, I remember 2008, 2009 really well, because I um, actually um, um, graduated college um, in January of 2009 and nobody was hiring for, you know, even like uh, the biggest firms, nobody was hiring. It was a hiring freeze. So I could totally relate to that. Oh my gosh, I will never forget that. I mean, I just started my law firm and at the time, most of the work I was doing is just trying to make sure people didn't become out of status, if that makes sense. Yeah. Out of status, yeah. just so your listeners understand, is if you are working and you have a visa, you have to continue to maintain that status, immigration legal status in the US. And there are mechanisms in which you can do that, particularly if you don't have a job. And so that is what I was doing a lot of. And that's what gave rise to the, the policy uh, side of me, which I didn't know I had. That's awesome. I love that. So um, as you kind of were, you talked, you touched a little bit about, uh, on the business side of things, on the rent and, you know, hiring people and things like that. 
Um, were there any things that um, as you were growing and as you were developing and writing a book and so on, um, is there, was there anything that really surprised you from a business perspective, something that you didn't expect to be doing or handling or dealing with or, uh, and it doesn't have to be a bad necessarily or a negative um, surprise. It could be either. Um, so yeah. Why don't you share? Yeah, well, gosh, I could talk about that for a long time because, uh, as I mentioned, I, I started working with somebody else and my hope was this person would be able to manage the firm and teach me. What ended up happening is that she didn't know what to do and because she had relied on somebody else in the past, which is why I started to help. And one day our bookkeeper summoned us and this bookkeeper scared the living daylights out of me. She said, look, you guys are doing things so wrong that to fix it, it's taking even longer. And, you know, you're not able to pay our bills. This is 2006, seven around that time. And at that time, I didn't know our bills weren't being paid. You know, this is at my previous law firm. And so the bookkeeper actually sat down with me. They assigned a particular bookkeeper to me. Uh, and I sat down with her with QuickBooks and she told me and showed me how to make one entry at a time, how to reconcile. Um, and what surprised me was, I mean, now I, I don't do it. I have a bookkeeper. And, but at that time, I got so into it. I'm like, where is that 70 cents difference? Where is that? That's going to just drive me nuts. I know it's 70 cents. I know I've seen it somewhere. <laughs> and so that was that was quite an education. In, you've got to get money in to pay money out. And one of the simple things about business owners is you've got to send that invoice out. If you do not send an invoice nobody's going to pay you. And so it was, it was quite an interesting education. Not only did I dive into learning about immigration law, but also if you don't have money coming in, you can't send money out. And it, it's just as simple as that. And I have to tell you that even today, I sometimes think about mm, maybe I should go and take a course because, you know, I learned those basics. And as I was growing, I, I had to let go of that, you know, because I needed to focus on law. And eventually I had a bookkeeper and, you know, I've now handed finances over to uh, somebody else at the office. But what I learned is, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, often we become control freaks. There's no, there's no um, ifs or buts about it because you can't trust anybody else to do it the same as you do. But eventually, as a business owner, you have to understand where your craft lies. Where is it best to spend your time? And how can you reclaim that time to put it where your strengths are? And so eventually I did, um, you know, delegate those tasks and I have an amazing team and I, a big shout out to my team because I simply couldn't do what I do. But, but what is really important for people who are starting new businesses, particularly to understand that you are not an island, you need a village. <laughs> but you need a really great village around you. And what you put people in your village one, one person at a time, one person at a time. But you've got to learn that this is your strength, whether you're an accountant or a lawyer or an artist. Let the other people help you so they can lift you up. I agree. Amen to that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for sharing that. And 
what do you focus on now? I know you've done quite a few things. You've published two books or three books actually now, right? Or third mm-hmm. one is coming out. Um, what do you focus your t- attention and time now in your business now that you have a team and support and, and mm-hmm. so on? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I, I had the realization during COVID that why can I not be all the things? You know, often lawyers are just focused on lawyering, but I love to educate. I love to inform. I love to have an impact. I know I'm here to make a difference. All of us have a purpose. It's whether you have figured out what your purpose is. And I'm still figuring it out. My time during COVID, I've been able to make some shifts in my schedule. And so I do write every single day. I have a biweekly column in a legal magazine, online magazine. Um, So every morning I will wake up and meditate and then I'll write. So I have my me time that's dedicated to that. But during the nine to five hours I'm working. And doing the working for my law firm, Um, I'm strategizing with clients, I'm troubleshooting, I'm reviewing. The work that we do is to work with small to medium sized businesses, particularly and primarily uh, startups uh, and entrepreneurs. And uh, just recently, I'm very proud to say Business Insider had listed us as one of the top tech uh, startup firms for tech startups. And so strategizing, helping figure out what the road is for this immigration journey, as you mentioned, it's a journey, there's no question. Um, Doing that and supervising my team, supervising the cases, uh, and so that's what I primary, primarily focus on. But being part of the change is definitely a huge part of my daily focus, even if it's for 10 minutes. You know, all of us and anybody listening, you, we can all make a difference, whether it's making a difference in somebody's life and, and transforming in whatever way or on a bigger scale of whatever, you know, you fancy needs changing. Uh, we can all do that. So I take that quite literally and I live it. And part of that is writing about changes I want to see and informing people about what's going on in the ground. Um, so I try to I try to devote a lot of time. Majority of the time, of course, I have to work. I'm running a law firm. But <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't do other things. Yeah, absolutely. I like uh, multi multifaceted entrepreneurs because that's how I think you can really um, be free. A business allows you to sort of um, create some freedom, but then multiple businesses or multiple streams of income or multiple angles actually can um, allow you to be even more free and really build the, your life the way you want while also making a difference in other people's lives. So I totally believe that. Thank you. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, you, the, one of the new things that I'm doing this year is launching a second podcast. I've had one for six years and it's actually called Tamina Talks Immigration. It's quite similar to yours. And I've had it for, it started as a live radio show that I did two years live. I loved it. I fell into it. I didn't want to do it initially, but once I did the first show, I'm like, oh my God, I was made for radio. But then the station <laughs> closed and then it turned into a podcast. And that's how I now have a podcast room in my house. And the book that released last summer is um, basically coming out as a spin-off podcast show. And so I've just done a soft launch. I'm working on my first season for it, and it will come out in the next couple of months. But it's been very interesting being on this journey to see 
where is the next thing coming from? And how does that idea generate? And how do you take an idea to completion? I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, a lot of people, not just entrepreneurs, a lot of people will sometimes think about something, but not really do it. And I think I've learned that if I think of something, I really want to do it. Why can't I do it? Um, it's a lot of work, but you need that village around you. And uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about 2022. I'm, I'm tired of the virus. I don't want it to limit me anymore. I felt limited in the last two years. But in hibernation, I have grown internally. And so now in 2022, I'm like, okay, virus, no matter what you do, I'm just going to be on this path. Love it. <laughs> and so talk a little bit about kind of uh, who's your ideal client, where are they on their journey to be able to connect with you and work with you in your um, law capacity or maybe coaching capacity or whatever? Um, well, thank you for asking that. My clients really range from uh, individuals who are investing in a company for their own company. Um, and it's so fascinating. I'm actually uh, in the middle of writing an article about an immigration journey of an entrepreneur, which I'd love to share for you, with you in due course. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the journey of starting somebody from like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. What visa do I have? To like, oh my gosh, I'm being bought out, you know, yeah. or I'm going to IPO. I mean, so my ideal client is really small to medium businesses who are trying to have strategies for their own uh, visas or their internal uh, talent management. Um, so I love doing that. We also at my law firm help individuals when they are sponsoring family members, parents, spouses, children, and we also help get citizenship for people. And that's one of the the most rewarding when somebody actually gets citizenship. You know, I didn't realize the profound impact of citizenship until I got my own. So yeah. I was a, you know, immigrant, as I mentioned, and I was very happy having a green card, you know, living happily ever after, except I had a child. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, what if I have a car accident? I wasn't the best driver. Uh, what if I get kicked out of this country? Or, you, you know, there are many ways in which people can lose their green cards. And I thought, oh, gosh, I've got to get citizenship. But I was just a new mother. I'm like, I don't have time to brush teeth, let alone apply for, a, you know, citizenship. So my team helped me and treated me like a client. But I was like the worst client. They were like, ask for something. I'm like, I don't have that. I don't know where it is. And I managed to one by one get those papers to, the, to my paralegals. And then they said to me, now I can file your case if you take a photograph. I'm like, my hair hasn't been washed for two weeks. Go make me take a picture. She kicked me out of the office saying, go take a picture so I can send this off. <laughs> and um, but once I got through it and I have I have written about it, I'll share it with you, Tatiana. But when I got my citizenship and to me, it was just a to do list item that I was checking off. And my husband said, you know, I'll come to the ceremony. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't have to take time off for that. No, it's just it's just a ceremony. But he forced his way into the ceremony. But as the ceremony began, I started crying. I was like bawling. I'm like, oh, I'm a citizen of this country. And suddenly I realized every single one of my clients' emotions. And it's, it's such an incredible feeling to see a client 
different types of backgrounds. Somebody who has come from a war-torn area where they had no rights, they were persecuted, or somebody even who's a CEO running a multinational company who now needs to have this permanency so they can continue to build. That feeling of security and being part of the fabric of this country is something that you can't experience really until it's happened to yourself. And so up until that moment, I was like, fantastic, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. And then here I am, I'm a citizen, and I suddenly had to think about every single one of my clients. So it's a really interesting journey that I've been through, and I love being able to see those changes in my clients. One of the things that... um, it's almost like the magic word. Sometimes clients will say, well, that's my dream. I'm like, oh, no, they use that word, those, that phrase, that's my dream. I'm, I've, I come home, I come back to the office. I'm like, we got to make that dream come true. You know, it's, it's just so, um, it's so interesting, inspiring. And every single person inspires me to do better for them, to be the better person that I should be, would be, um, need to be, and to see them complete their own journey. I love it. Thank you so much. So Tamina, as we wrap up here today, could you share um, briefly and uh, certainly your um, uh, social media links and and website will be listed if you're watching a video under the video or if you're listening on audio, it'll be in the show notes. But where can people find you and connect with you? What's the best way? Well, thank you so much for asking. And once again, for this opportunity, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's one of the easiest places to connect. We, and it, the, you can find me as Tamina Watson, one word. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Tamina.Watson. Um, I'm on Twitter, Tamina Watson. And my website is the best place to find me and connect with me and contact me. And that is www.WatsonImmigrationLaw. I do have an author page, TaminaWatson.com, but the website is a one-stop shop. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for being a great guest and thanks so much for sharing your story um, today. And I really enjoyed listening and I really can relate to a lot of the things that you've shared. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. And everyone who's watching or listening, we'll see you on the next episode of Talks to Tatiana. And have a great uh, rest of your week. Talk soon.